Live Smackdown podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. It's a good job. Uh, final night at the Garden was last night. Uh, try to get in the 205 live now. I believe we had the opening contest with uh, Kira Tozawa and the Brian Kendrick taking on the gentleman Jack Gallagher and Kushida. Heard great things about Kushida when they uh, signed him with the company. Made a whole big thing about him uh, coming over to NXT. I thought uh, it was an exciting and definitely an exciting time for him. I never really got to see him in ring, but you know when there's that much hype about it from inside and outside of the company, it's like, oh, wow. So I can't wait to see him, you know, get in there and do his thing. And he definitely did not disappoint. He's quick. He, he moves with with excellent momentum. You know, you notice it from the very first uh, moments in the match. Just he has his skills. So he took uh, Brian Kendrick to, you know, just made him made him aware. Like, oh, might have to play at 100% here. So it was definitely a good match. I believe uh, Gentleman Jack and Kushida picked up the victory. Good stuff. I think this is going to lead into a nice little uh, potential tag team. You know, but we'll see how that continues to uh, develop. Uh, had a cool little segment from the Bollywood boys. I think they might be on to something with this uh, Bollywood acting thing. They got a great colleague directing their films, which makes a little more sense now. You know, shoot your shot with The Rock and... Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure in some time might be able to get a segment, but who knows? Either way, um, yeah, we went into the six-man tag for the main event between Lindsay Dorado, Grand Metalik, and uh, Umberto Carrillo taking on <laughs> Arya Davari, Tony Nese, and Cruiserweight Champion Drew Gulak. And, uh, yeah. The train derailed, but the cars were still together, and it was a it was a good little six man tag to close the show. Real fun. Uh, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado with Umberto picked up the victory. Good stuff. Fairly fast paced match. Couple of hard hits. It was it was fun. I enjoyed it. The 205 Live was exactly what it needed to be, as far as you know the in ring acceleration goes. So. Good stuff, good show. But let's get on into SmackDown Live because opened up the show officially with uh, The Undertaker. He came on out. He, uh, you know, definitely just paid uh, respects to the grounds that are Madison Square Garden. We've all uh, been there in the Tri-State uh, a few times, so it's definitely a you know, great place to be. But, um, yeah, I'm it's just nice to see, you know, uh, homage being paid by the legends, you know, that were immortalized in that building. And him and Stone Cold were just two of the many. So uh, while he's doing that, out comes Sami Zayn. Great. To, uh, I guess, speak for what's hilarious is the WWE Universe. Not many. But just the uh, online critics that are constant, I'll say this, the impatience 
online critics that are, you know, really uh, entitled to their opinion, at least in their worlds. But he spoke for everyone, even though he was the one that was speaking against them. But anyway, uh, he's saying that the legends shouldn't be coming out and taking up all of the early TV time and such like that. I thought that was um, that was all right. You know, it's good to have uh, Sammy working with the legends. It's great because WWE definitely hears y'all. But uh, I mean, inside of the storyline. You know, Sammy just trying to yuck it up in Hardy Har after uh, Taker gave him the mic as, in a way, passing the torch and got out of the ring. But, that you know, just doing the whole ha-ha bit. It's like, really? You know, like, it, it just it throws out all of the respect. Like, for the guys like myself that actually do respect the product, it's like, really, bro? I mean, I'm cool with the legends. I, I always respect the legends, but at the same time, you know, we do want to see, like, the superstars of tomorrow, but that was, I guess, WWE's way of saying, yeah, we hear y'all, and keep on paying attention to some of these new matches and new faces that y'all are seeing in, uh, what, the post-new era, Heyman Enhancement era, whatever we gonna call it, but, um, yeah, I thought that was cool, Sammy took a quick choke slam. good to see the Reaper back in there doing his thing, and, I mean, it was a, it was a historic moment, you know, another one. So, for Sammy to work with a legend, it's a great opportunity. He looked great. He, uh, you know, handled the promo exactly how he was supposed to. It was a fun little opening segment. Miz went at it with Andrade. Uh, next up, people, in my opinion, have, they, but because WWE doesn't necessarily go with, like, the win-loss record, it's, uh, it, it can go forgotten that Miz is totally a power player. You know, he could be, well, he's former WWE champion. He could be a uh, nine-time cha- intercontinental champion going into uh, Clash of Champions this Sunday, streaming live you know, on the WWE Network. And, you know, him picking up a victory over Andrade, I would call seniority on this one. And plus, you know, he does have, we want him to have some momentum going into the show. And that's going to be something that we get into a little later as far as, uh, you know, just going into the show with, you know, somewhat of the ball in your court. But it's uh, it was a good win, good little match. Uh, Zelina tried to interfere. Miz still got the best of it. Hit the uh, hit the skull crusher finale for the victory. So good, good, good moves to Miz. I had Shinsuke on a commentary speaking complete Japanese, and Corey Graves just, I mean. You don't want to overdo it, right? But just the way he was able to translate some of it, I believe, and this is for all of the awesome guys backstage, I think maybe, you know, in the future, if we're to do this, maybe he could, uh, he could say whatever he say, and then the storyline can continue to develop. Like Graves just, uh, you know, throws something in that has to do with it. Like, okay, Miz didn't earn the title shot and blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, nonsense or whatever. And yeah, whatever else, you know, like, I mean, it seemed like it was just throwing, throwing spaghetti at the wall after maybe the first two times. But I, I think there could be something there, you know, like Shinsuke is such a, a world-renowned figure. He's held to such a high regard. 
you know, and the fans still clearly care about him. So, I mean, this could be a way to, uh, you, you know, show that you still care about Shinsuke. I think personally, uh, I, well, I don't have a prediction for who could win, but either way, there's good. I think there's a good direction. Like, it feels like it's a good amount of steam uh, getting behind the Intercontinental Championship. So, it could definitely be like a title that we're all excited to, uh, you know, see again. You know, like just as far as, you know, being defended and being in, you know, some storylines and such like that. So, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. I thought that was a good match. I thought Shinsuke on uh, commentary was. Man, that it was. I'm gonna just say it was great. You know, uh, nothing short of a lot of fun. If you're into like, you know, these forms of the like, I think he was embracing a little bit of the anime character in a way. So, yeah, fun stuff from Shinsuke and good match between Miz and Andrade. Nikki Cross and Mandy Rose go at it next. Uh, you know, Fire and Desire is taking on Bliss and Cross this Sunday for the Women's Tag Team Championships. Hey, championships are definitely being defended more. They're being highlighted more. And, um, I mean, come on. This is exactly what everyone wanted to see, right, when we got the championships. So we're going to look right past the little, uh, like, what, the little dry spot they had, what they had. But now they do hold a level of intrigue. I know there could be more female tag teams coming on up. But for right now, the focus is on fire and desire and uh, the women's tag team champions in Bliss and Cross. So, Nikki Cross, Mandy Rose, quick match. Uh, one of the spots that stood out to me was uh, Nikki going for that cross body. It was early. Went for a uh, cross body off of the uh, or front of the ropes. And Mandy caught her and was holding on. And that literally speaks to a little bit of the strength that is there. Like, wow. Who knew that Mandy was tough enough to catch her like that? Good stuff. I believe Nikki was going up top and, uh, what was it? Uh, Sonya Deville was going to try to interfere. Bliss jumped in. And then Cross was able to get a move off the top. It was just just a quick moment, quick sequence. But Nikki Cross ended up picking up the victory. I don't think it was off a finishing maneuver, though. Either way. A uh, good win to Nikki. I'm, I really don't even want to get into that promo segment because it was just like, wow. You definitely seen that WWE was uh, pulling the trigger on being just a little more edgy. Uh, you know, be a star campaign. Don't be a bully. I'm not going to be upset with how that promo went only because, uh, you know, you have to have the bad guy, right? And, yeah, sure, you can try to campaign the don't be a bully thing. But if everyone's all, you know, strawberries and glitter when it comes to, uh, you know, what we do in this conflict, it's not going to make for a very compelling match. So uh, <laughs> Mandy called Nikki ugly, did the little side-by-side photo and all of that. If Mandy's going to go with this I'm super hot character, then she has to really own it. And that's really all of the uh, all of the quote quote critique that I would have for that. Like I thought it went well, and practice makes perfect. It's good to see that they're you know trusting a couple more superstars with the promo, and 
hey, this is moving forward. It's good progression. And personally, I can't wait for where Sonya Deville is deemed ready. Not rushing it. I think she uh, is taking notes. I know some people aren't great on her in-ring, but I think uh, just like Lacey Evans got in there and started practicing, I mean, the same thing can come with, uh, you know, Sonya Deville. Or, you know, one and done, <laughs> she could just dye her hair blonde. But no, I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. Either way, uh, good match, good segment, and I'm excited for that Women's Tag Team Championship match this Sunday at Clash Champions. So, uh, let's get on into the next segment. All right, Otis and Tucky, uh, heavy machinery in action, tag team action against uh, Dos Locales, two local competitors. I can't remember the name. What was it? Uh, Johnny Silver and Alex Keaton, not to be confused with the actor, apparently. But this is, uh, these are the tag teams. These guys went at it. We already know how this went. This is an enhancement match. Uh... You know, I wouldn't say the Viking Raiders have become synonymous with this enhancement talent squash match, but it is uh, pretty funny to think of these guys. I think that it's good that they be, they've been able to move on and be kind of placed into another uh, tag team situation. I'm going at it with uh, the OC, you know, from uh, what was it, the tag team turmoil match. It, they both left in DQ because they, you know, two powerhouse teams. So, uh, you know, it's cool to have that with them. And, you know, now it's uh, finding some sort of direction for heavy machinery because they are, uh, you know, they could be a very popular, fun team. It's just, uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. We want to see uh, what, what goes into some of the promos. And I'm not saying that for myself. I'm, I think the WWE Universe is just waiting, you know, but to keep them relevant and keep them, you know, popular and such like that, it could, uh, you know, it's just going to take a little bit of time, it seems, but that's fine, I think they're both uh, great in the ring, uh, Tucker got a lot of power, man, and he could move, he's nimble in there, and, uh, you know, Otis is, I, I don't, I don't want to take the focal away from either one of them, you know, but it's obvious that Otis has a lot of the, uh, you know, he, got, he garners a lot of the attention, you know, of the two. But, man, do not take anything away from Tucker at all. So, uh, good good little match. And uh, let's move on into the next one. <laughs> Eric Rowan and Rowan went, uh, excuse me, Roman Reigns threw down in an epic brawl. Uh, Rowan, uh, we all know, we all believe in him. We want to see him do well. He's been around for a while. And... Going in there with, like, basically a top guy in the company somewhat positions you as, you know, a potential top heel in the company. So, uh, Rowan's now climbing that ladder. And a new theme song, finally one that I like. I haven't really been feeling the past couple of changes, no problem. But, you know, it's a nice little theme song. It feels like it fits him, you know. And he is a former tag team champion. I don't think he's... I don't know what championships he's held other than that. Was probably wasn't watching, but we're all, if anyone is, uh, I would say, uh, I don't want to say deserving of an opportunity, but if they're going to take a chance on anybody right now that's, like, super new to it, then why not Rowan, you know? So 
good stuff. Him and Roman got into a huge brawl. Uh, Roman took one of the uh, cameras that they be having swaying around and threw it into Roman after security tried to uh, get involved and break things up. Man, they was fighting in the crowd. Rowan grabbed a random, uh, we just call him obvious local talent. I'm not just going to grab a fan and throw him, but like super power bomb threw him into Roman and all the security. But either way, uh, Rowan walks off looking tall. So now this match that they had scheduled for Sunday at Clash of Champions has been uh, enhanced <laughs> to a, not, a no disqualification match. So. We're going to see how that all plays out. But, um, look, if this is the person who's been trying to attack Roman, I told y'all, he's going to get his ass kicked. No DQ with the big dog? Godspeed, Roman. But, no, best of luck, jokes aside, it's going to be a, it could be a very good match. Uh, we know Roman can move, but this is just two, two behemoths. About to go at it. I'm not mad at it. We just uh, just see how it plays out. I I want to say, hey, my prediction is Roman, but I also don't want to be like super obvious with it, you know. So we'll just see how it goes, cause Roman could pick up this victory and they start a little rivalry. I don't know though. We all know how uh, backstage creative feels about their Roman. I mean, excuse me, their Roman. So. I think that uh, it's going to be a good match, and it's just going to be interesting to see uh, what these guys, uh, well, let's just say what type of story they're going to be able to tell in ring. So I anticipate that. Oh, no. Bailey and Ember Moon backstage. Uh, uh, man, you know, Bailey being the hybrid heel now. And that's just the way I'm going to call it because, uh, I mean, Bailey could, uh, you know, attempt to justify the heel turn this. But I like the way the story is going, like uh, trying to make the women's division relevant. Here go Ember talking about how much she was respecting her. But now after all of that, you know, it's not, I guess, honorable, you know, as a women's champion. So she's probably just trying to, you know, remain relevant or bring the SmackDown championship to the level that the Raw Women's Championship is at. And, and I'm just like, oh, well, okay, not bad. You know, it was a nice little stinger, and she uh, threw at her. And it turns out, uh, you know, all right, here you go. Bailey could have hit her right then. And that's why we still going to call it hybrid heel. Like, I don't know. Usually a heel would have turned up or did something heelish. Bailey picks up the victory in the matchup. But I look at Ember Moon and Bailey, and I see practice. I don't want to call out move sets or anything like that. I can't really say much about it. But for what it was worth in a one-on-one matchup, those two went at it and did their thing. It feels like, as far as the women's roster is concerned, uh, Ember Moon could be next. Like, she could be, uh, you know, getting her her number called to try her hand at making the women's championship, you know, interesting. Not to say Bailey hasn't. I think that... You know, most recently with the heel turn, it definitely makes Bailey cast a shadow of her own as opposed to being overshadowed. And Ember's calling out the influence of Sasha, but you know, so <laughs> like we all wanted to see it, we're all getting it, and it's good stuff so far. So, um, pardon me.
Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff to Ember. Good stuff to Bailey. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see Ember getting the opportunities backstage and such like that. It's, uh, and just take all of this and save it for the ring. We gotta add a little bit more of that razzle dazzle to when she's putting on the promos. Like she got the energy, so uh, let her use it. I think that's uh, really all I would have to say about that. And uh, I mean, hybrid heel Bailey still got the same theme song. We changed the theme songs for everybody else. Why not throw it at Bailey? The Bailey buddies, do we do we spray paint them black? Can we color them black? Use some marker or something like magic marker? I don't know. But it's just like you don't really get that heel feeling unless we're calling out trolling. And I'm not really a fan of calling out the trolling unless it's really, really funny. But, I mean, if we really trying to go for barely being like, you know, this heel-esque character, then, you know, like the happy-go-lucky hugging music. Like, even when she was calling out, oh, I'm not even hugging like that no more. It's like... You know, that's still the gimmick. And, I mean, this is just me throwing it at the wall. Like, this isn't a complaint or anything. It's just like, hey, I mean, we wanted Bailey to get a little edge. She's gotten a little edgier as far as the, uh, you know, uh, promos have gotten and pushing Charlotte out the chair and all the rest of that. But, I mean, what else? What else can we do? You know, it's like uh, character reinvention is something that a lot of us go through. And, uh, you know, maybe Bailey could, you know, stand a little bit of that herself. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just, you know, maybe we could, you know, see that from her. I think she's capable. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to try to mess up any of the character at all. Like, it's already kind of been established. But, you know, just leading forward, we'll see how much more edgy Bailey can get. But it still is a definite fine line when it comes to this PG programming. So, whatever. Oh, no. Good stuff from Bailey. Good stuff from Ember. And a good segment. Stop. Hold on. Elias uh, got an ankle injury. So, he was uh, unfortunately disqualified from the King of the Ring tournament. God damn. Now, hold up. Because he definitely was trying to uh, wear the crown and the sceptre. Well, not wear the crown, but he was trying to, you know, sit on the throne and do all the kingly stuff. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, broken ankle. Whether inside storyline or outside storyline. Oh, no. But, hey, now. Because Renee called it first on Raw. So, I mean, as far as this tournament went. So... Maybe that does hold a little bit of clout to it. Um, so, uh, get backstage. Uh, the best in the world. Uh, Shane O'Mac, who we haven't seen in a while. Perfect use of Shane O'Mac on television. Built up all that heat to the point where people was almost calling the go away. But then, he let him sit down for maybe a week, two, maybe three weeks. However long that was. And now he's back. And... It's just good booze, you know. It's not the go away energy. I like that. I think that's, uh, I think that's cool. Uh, Shano backstage saying, "All right, yeah, you you usually want to earn things, Chad. So, don't, you know, you don't want to just get a freebie here, and we'll find someone that's gonna be able to, you know, replace Elias in the match. Could be from Raw, SmackDown. Could be somebody that uh, 
you know, was eliminated from the tournament. So, uh, time is going to tell. We'll get back to that in a second. Kofi is out in the rain, and uh, he's uh, cutting the promo. Pretty much, they recreated the spot with uh, him and Randy all those years ago at the Garden. And uh, he could jump through a table and almost win a championship, but ultimately lost. I mean, he has a championship now, so that's what's up. And, um, I mean, Randy called him out from the crowd. This set up the spot. You can see where it was going. Table broke a little early. That's fine. You know, these things happen, but, you know, huge spot like that. I hope Randy's knee is all right. Kofi hit the, uh, the what, the boom drop? from uh, one of the little uh, banisters and such like that up in the crowd. Looked nice. Kofi was a little far on it, but at the same time, we don't want to see Kofi land on his tailbone like that. Like, I didn't see that match when it happened a long time ago, but, you know, seeing the replay of it and the cool video package and stuff, it was cool. Randy called him stupid, stupid, stupid. Went up there, fight happened. Uh, ran, uh, Kofi walks away looking strong with a little bit of the momentum now. I only say a little bit of the momentum because he's been getting his ass kicked for weeks upon weeks and falling into the psychological traps of the Viper. Man, look, I don't know. It actually does leave a level of intrigue as far as who could win. Either one of these guys could take the victory. I'm not going to discount Randy at all. Just off of how much momentum he's been able to build, Kofi's winning like one week right now. Well, he had he came up one week, so it's just like, ah, eh, we're gonna see how this uh, plays out. But um, Kofi is gonna need to be on his A plus game on Sunday. We believe, you know. Oh, another one. Randy called he hit the B word or the BS word out in the crowd live at the Garden. Oh man. Talking about the power of positivity. And, um, hey, I mean, hey, good stuff from Randy. I tell you, he's been invigorated. He seems like he's having more fun out there. So all, in, all I can say is I just hope his knee is okay from that boom drop. That was a pretty big spot and a definite risk to take uh, so close to the big show and the big match. But, you know, these guys are, you know, next-level human beings, if we want to call them that at all. So, you know, I'm pretty sure everything would be fine going into Sunday. But, oh, no, it's a good segment, good little uh, recreation of, you know, that spot from all of those years ago. And uh, I'm sure the Garden enjoyed it for what it was worth. So, good segment. And let's get on into the next one. I believe this might be the main event. All right. So, in, before the main event, pretty much, there so maybe a segment or two beforehand backstage, we had uh, Shano... Uh, letting Gable know who the opponent was going to be. Turns out to be the best in the world. I thought that was hilarious. Shane just inserts himself into the match. This is what he did at the best in the world thing. You know, he came out with the best in the world trophy. Almost made you feel like he was going to win. He put the crown inside of the trophy. These are just all just small little nice elements that just, just garnered that good heel heat. And, you know, continue to develop the best in the world character. I thought it was just great. I mean, other superstars could have jumped in, but we ain't seen Shane in a couple weeks. So shut up and don't be mad about it. I thought it was hilarious that he tried to jump in that. And um, 
Yeah, good stuff. Uh, KO was trying to, uh, well, Shane said that he was uh, thinking about reconsidering the 100K fine as long as uh, KO would be the special guest ref and, uh, you know, make sure that the job is done correctly in so many words. And uh, KO, fairly reluctant to do it. He still went with it. I thought it was all right. Nice little acting and such like that from Shano and Kevin. They still have this, you know, uh, rivalry. They've got, wouldn't say it was too heated in that moment, but it was still, uh, you know, uh, good stuff just to continue adding uh, fuel to it. But, um, yeah, KO decided to go through with it. And uh, off of one of the Pat and the Jag. Chad, Chad Gable, uh, was it those deadlift Germans? Man, yo, great suplex. Uh, it was hilarious because KO counted to the, you know, did the fast count. It's hilarious. They're racing to see who could do this three count the fastest, in my opinion. I think it's just, just hilarious. But um, it was uh, good stuff. Uh, what was it? Uh, this turns into a two out of three falls match, though. Not too much time left in the show. I looked over the clock like, do we really have time for one of those? But if they do a fast counts, then shoot. Uh, but no, they end up having a somewhat of a match. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me. KO is uh, counting slow for Shane on the pinfall. Well, he's counting slow, counting slow when uh, Gable was going for the pin, but counting fast when Shane was going for the pin. So Gable had to be on point and he was for the kickouts so that was good um ultimately gable does pick up the victory and uh shano clearly infuriated at the very end of the show which is something that i noticed they're doing i'm not mad at it i think it's very good that they're trying to add this in and so far i want to say it's two weeks of very good cliffhangers like uh uh, Shane O'Mac fires Kevin Owens. Now, we we all know how this goes outside of storyline, but just to keep it inside of the storyline, man, it, you know, it's good. Now, like they've been uh, talking about it, a 100K uh, fine and such like that. So finally, when uh, these guys, uh, you know, get to a certain point, then, you know, now he's fired officially. And we're going to see how KO sneaks back in all the rest of this, but it's going to be interesting to see how this rivalry continues to develop, especially now with such heat attached to it. So either way, um, good show, fun SmackDown Live, fun 205. I'm not upset about it. Thank you, WWE, for another week in this. Go catch Clash of Champions on Sunday. If you ain't subscribed yet, stop being foolish. And, um, yeah, got a lot of matches set up. All of the matches were hyped up. I'm, I'm anticipating them. And uh, I think storylines are going to continue to progress. They're going to be stars made at Clash Champions. We're going to see who the best of the best is. Oh, one thing I noticed. I believe we were supposed to have the King of the Ring finals at Clash of Champions. But we got so many matches that now we're just going to have to wait until next week's Raw to see if Chad Cable or... Baron Corbin can become the next King of the Ring. Who, either way, whoever wins that will undoubtedly have their their career uh, skyrocketed 
in the right direction. So, we'll see how it all goes and plays out. Shout out to everybody that brings you the podcast each and every week. Uh, I'll catch you guys for the Clash of Champions recap and review. Do remember to be responsible with your powers, ladies and gentlemen. And I will catch y'all then. Peace.